In October 2015, a young woman named Sasha was found with no life in her apartment. The police could not identify a suspect because the girl had been a kind of person with no known enemies. However, the police had no idea that the person responsible for the crime was right in front of them. This is the story of Sasha Samsudian. Sasha Samsudian was born on July 4th, 1988 in New York, USA, to Tara and Ken Samsudian. Her friends described her as being sociable, energetic, intelligent and charismatic. In 2015, Sasha was 27 years old. She worked as a social media manager for a real estate agency in Orlando, Florida, making video ads for local properties. Her co-workers noted how talented she was and that she loved her work environment. Sasha had recently moved to a more luxurious apartment located closer to the city centre. She was excited, as this was a move that she had been planning for some time. Her hard work had paid off. On Friday, October 16th, 2015, Sasha had gone out with friends to watch her team, Orlando City Football Club, play their final game of the season. After the match, they went to the Attic nightclub to celebrate the victory. At around midnight, Sasha told her friend Anthony that she was leaving. The next morning, Anthony went to the coffee shop where they had planned to meet, but Sasha didn't show up. Worried, he sent messages but received no response. He thought that she might have had a restless night and was still sleeping. A few hours passed and Sasha still had not answered Anthony's messages. He grew more and more concerned. Sasha was normally very active on social media and that day, in addition to not responding to him, she had not answered her social media posts. She had not even come online yet. This behaviour was not like her. Anthony contacted her friends but no one had any information about her. He called two friends, Kate and Megan, to go to her apartment with him. Once there, they saw her car in the parking lot and saw that the gift she had bought for a baby shower later that day was still in the back seat. Friends called for her on the intercom, but there was no answer. Convinced that something was wrong, they decided to call the police and report Sasha as missing. At 8pm, the police arrived at the apartment. The front door was still locked and there was no evidence of a break-in. They entered and everything seemed to be in order. When they entered Sasha's room, they found several strands of hair scattered across the floor and the young woman's body on her bed. Her clothes were torn and her body was bruised. It appeared that she'd been violently beaten and strangled. Both her cell phone and apartment keys were missing. There was a strong smell of cleaning agents. The bedsheet had discoloured stains which appeared to have been caused by bleach. The police found some clues including the footprint of a sneaker, fingerprints on the toilet seat and a condom wrapper that contained a DNA sample. During the autopsy, the coroner said that he had never seen such a severe neck fracture. Friends family and colleagues had not the slightest idea who could have committed this atrocity. 
They never imagined that anyone would want to hurt her, and so there were no obvious suspects. Sasha's building had adequate surveillance and was well monitored. The investigators contacted the security guard Stephen Duxbury, who was on duty that night to take his statement. He said that he had seen Sasha in the early hours of October 17th and that she had some problems entering the building because she had forgotten the password for the main door. Because she couldn't find her access keys and didn't have any identification documents, he refused to let her in. Coincidentally, her neighbour arrived some minutes later and confirmed to the security guard that Sasha was a resident of the building. He then let her into the property. His statement was corroborated by the internal security camera images. There is some very strange information in this case. It says everywhere that she died in 2015. But the security camera footage is dated 2017. The day and month are correct, but the year is different. The victim's last post on Instagram was on October 2nd, 2015, two weeks before death. So, I believe the year on the camera image is wrong. At 1.47am, Sasha was seen entering the ground floor hallway via the emergency exit door. Right behind her was a man who was identified as the resident who had confirmed that she was a resident. In the recording, he can be heard asking if she is okay and she replies yes. Exactly one minute later, at 1.48am, the security guard appears, having entered through the same door. In his statement, he said he had followed the two to check that Sasha got home safely. At 1.49am, Sasha climbed the internal stairs heading to her apartment on the third floor. At 2.07am, she is seen walking very quickly, almost running on the ground floor of another building. She ascended the stairs again and the security guard was following her. According to Stephen's statement, Sasha had also forgotten the password for the electronic lock of her apartment. She tried several times before leaving to return to her car to see if the key was there. Thirteen minutes later, at 2.25am, the two are seen going down the stairs of the first tower she was seen in. This time, they both walked calmly. They can be heard laughing, but the details of the conversation cannot be understood. A minute later, at 2.26am, the two are seen leaving through the building's main entrance door and returning less than 30 seconds later. Here, the security guard said that she remembered that her car was in the garage on the third floor. Remember, the security guard was not following the images with the police. They were just confirming the facts he stated with the images they were seeing. A minute later... At 2.27am, while they were going up the stairs to the garage, Stephen said that Sasha remembered the password and went back to the apartment. But once again the code was wrong and they returned once more to the car. Three minutes later, at 2.30am, they are seen leaving the main corridor and heading towards the access door to the building's garage. They both return one minute later. Sasha was still having trouble getting into her apartment. 
Stephen said that he then left her alone. He added that some minutes later he saw Sasha in the corridor accompanied by a man. He said he saw no reason for concern and he didn't pay them much attention. They were just walking. He did not see her again. But the man was not picked up on any cameras as some parts of the building, while apparently safe, were not monitored. Apparently, Sasha then entered her apartment as she's no longer captured on camera. The police retraced Sasha's route that night. Orlando has cameras all over the city so it wasn't very difficult to identify her at several different locations. She stood out in the footage as she was wearing white pants and a purple shirt, exactly like the ones seen on the building's closed circuit video. Sasha was stumbling, appearing to be drunk and alone. She is then seen running, but after that there are no more images as there was a recording error on that camera. She is later seen with two women who then get into a car and leave. The police released photos of Sasha and the two women to see if anyone could identify them. The two girls came forward and gave statements. They said they didn't know Sasha. They just saw her walking down the street, alone. She was drunk and looked worried. When some men tried to approach her, they decided to stay together for safety. The girls called an Uber and dropped her to the door of the building. As soon as the car stopped, she opened the door and went inside. That was the last time they saw her. Investigators analysed the victim's iPad as her cell phone was missing and the iPad and iPhone shared information. They searched for any suspicious message or a record of any unusual contact. On the iPad, they found a potential clue. It was a message sent by Sasha at 5.12am to a boy called Ben. The message just said his name. Ben had messaged asking if they could change their intended meeting point for that weekend. Sasha did not respond immediately and at 5.12 in the morning she messaged back just his name, Ben, and nothing more. The autopsy results came out and a DNA sample was found. It belonged to a male person and the police then began investigating the young woman's ex-boyfriends. The first suspect was Taylor Unsinger. Prior to dating, did you guys know each other? Um, for probably about a month, we knew each other before we actually started dating. Okay. Was that here in Orlando? Actually, Lake Mary area. Lake Mary? Yeah. Uh, she was a friend of a friend. Okay. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo, a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. Was it a serious relationship? Oh, yeah. It definitely was. Okay. Was there any talk of marriage? Yes, we did talk about marriage a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Was it an exclusive relationship? Definitely exclusive. Now, when's the last time you heard from her? I heard from her on 
Friday morning, we had a conversation Thursday evening, late, and then uh, just finishing the conversation Friday morning on Facebook. Okay. What was the content of those conversations? Uh, we were just talking about a podcast we listened we listened to in California when we were driving up. Okay. And so the last time you heard from her was Friday. Friday morning. Friday morning. About what time? Nine nine twenty five. It was right before I left for work. So. Hmm. When was the last time you actually seen her? I saw her October first. We went out for Lindsay Rodriguez's uh, birthday for dinner. And who is Lindsay? Lindsay's a, a mutual friend. I used to work with her at the vineyard, and she struck up a friendship with her and uh, her husband, Bo. Stefan. What was Lindsay? What was his last name? Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Did you guys go as a couple? No. Okay. So you were invited and she was invited. Right. Okay. But the relationship had ceased. Yes. Sir. Taylor goes on to give more details about his life, his friends, and what little he knew about Sasha. As soon as the interview was over, an officer entered the room to take DNA samples. These samples were incompatible with those found at the crime scene. The second suspect was the person who Sasha had sent a message to, Ben. His full name is Benjamin Roebuck. So, so from 7.40, you sent a message at 7.44 and then the next message is at 6.04? Yeah. Was that, um, how come the long amount of time? I mean, I, you know, she's, um not responding I give her time to you know maybe you know maybe she's doing something she's busy or whatever I, I give her some, some time to, to do that I understand okay during the course of text messages were there any phone calls mm-hmm. uh, I may have tried to call her um, I can check my, my call do you mind yeah not a, not a problem. Mm-hmm. Saturday. this one was yeah, I called her at 527. Um, after I got that text mm-hmm. message, I mm-hmm. called her. She didn't respond, and that's where I asked to call me. When you when you called her, mm-hmm. did it ring, or did it go right to voicemail? Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was, you know, 530 in the morning. I understand. Um, I want to say it rang, um, but I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't get a response or anything. You called her, was it 527? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 32 second call so it must have rang for me to be on the phone for that long and you know go went to voicemail so it wasn't wrong detectives took his fingerprints and a dna sample but this was also incompatible without any further leads to follow the police decided to reanalyze the building's recordings viewing footage recorded hours before and after sasha's appearance and then they found something that had previously gone unnoticed. At 5.05am, the footage showed Stephen, the security guard, on Sasha's apartment floor, heading toward the third floor garage. At 5.14am, he enters back into the building through the second floor door. At 6.36am, He is seen leaving the second floor garage door carrying a white plastic bag as if it were trash with some materials inside. At 6.38am he returns through the same garage door and finally at 6.40am he
he leaves with his personal belongings. The problem here is that Stephen finished his shift at 6am and he had not explained what he was doing in the building after this time. As if that weren't enough, the garbage bag he was carrying four minutes before leaving is the same type as the one Sasha had in her apartment, a fact confirmed by its red handle. It is important to note here that the parking lot on the second floor does not have garbage containers for disposing of material from the building in large quantities. These were on the ground floor. The security guard's car was parked on this floor. Stephen was interrogated again, but this time he agreed to a polygraph test. He had no idea that the police had new leads. The test indicated that he was not telling the truth in some of his answers. Did you enter Sasha's apartment the morning she was killed? He said no. The polygraph identified this response as a lie. Do you know the cause of Sasha's death? No. Once again, the polygraph indicated this was a lie. It is worth mentioning here that despite the investigation moving quickly, the cause of death had not been publicly disclosed, so no one should know the real cause of death. With this information, the police collected Stephen's fingerprint and were authorised to check his apartment and telephone device. On his cell phone, they discovered that that morning at 4.54am, he searched on Google for how to unlock an electronic password lock, but he didn't click on any link in the list of results. Soon after, he searched for the exact model of lock that Sasha had in her door. In the new search, he clicked on a link at 4 hours 55 minutes and 13 seconds, on a second link at 5 hours and 8 seconds, and on a third link at 5 hours 1 minute and 50 seconds. It is worth mentioning that the message sent from Sasha's cell phone to Ben, in which she wrote simply Ben, happened at 5.12am, approximately 10 minutes after Stephen's last cell phone search. In his apartment, they found a pair of sneakers that matched the same model as the footprints found in Sasha's apartment. His fingerprint matched the one found on the toilet seat in Sasha's bathroom, and his DNA matched the DNA that was found on her body. The police believed that he broke into the apartment just after 5am, committed the crimes of sexual assault and murder. He then cleaned the place using cleaning products he found there and returned to his post shortly before 6am to complete his shift. After the new guard arrived, he returned to the murder scene. While stealing some of his victim's belongings, he left some footprints. The trash bag of materials was most likely evidence of his presence. Security footage showed him taking them from the scene and carrying them to his car. With this information, the police arrested Stephen. John Mina, the Orlando police chief, made an official announcement to the population. November 17th, Sasha Samsudin was uh, found murdered in her apartment. Today, our detectives have arrested Stephen Duxbury, uh, the security guard from Uptown Apartments in connection with this case. Stephen Duxbury is charged with first-degree murder, sexual battery, 
and burglary to an occupied dwelling. As a security guard, he used his access uh, to prey on someone who was very vulnerable. Uh, our hearts go out to Sasha's family. Our thoughts and prayers are with them. And we hope that this will bring a little bit of closure or start the process of closure for this family. His trial took place two years later, in November 2017. The defense tried to prove Stephen's innocence, claiming that the investigation had raised many questions to which there were no concrete answers. These included the footprint evidence. The found footprint was a size 9 and he wore a size 10.5. They said that as there was no camera footage of his entry into the apartment, one could not deduce that he had actually been inside. The defence also suggested that a third person had broken into the premises and committed the crime after Sasha and Stephen had consensual sexual intercourse outside of the apartment. The prosecution countered by saying that even if the victim's body could not speak, what it showed was that the intercourse was not consensual. A victim's body doesn't lie. Neither did the crime scene. They added that these were untenable arguments, considering that his cell phone searches were suspicious, his fingerprint was found in the victim's bathroom, and camera evidence showed that he was carrying garbage in a bag identical to the one Sasha had in her apartment. After a seven-day trial and four hours of deliberation, Stephen was found guilty and sentenced to 15 years in prison for the break-in, robbery and sexual assault. For the murder, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. One year and three months later, in February 2019, Stephen filed an appeal against the judgment, claiming that the court made an error by not taking into account that the police, when arresting him, did not dictate to him the terms of the Miranda law, the one we know as, you are being arrested, you have the right to remain silent, anything you say could be used against you in court. This appeal was dismissed. Sasha was a hard-working person who wanted to go out and have fun. She was lucky to find two women who were able to take her home, helping her to arrive safely at her condominium. But she had the misfortune to cross the path of an evil person, who was supposed to protect people, but took advantage of a vulnerable young woman and ended up taking her life in a brutal way. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. 